Didn't those kids do a good job a little bit ago? Man, about the cutest thing I've seen in a long time. I, I love the Christmas play every year. I look forward to it. I mean, they all they all work so hard on it, and you know, it's just it's just cute, man. You see the little sheep up there. You see, wasn't that awesome? The little star that was adorable, man. I love it. So uh, I mean, if that didn't brighten up your Christmas right there, then I don't know what will. But that was that was really good. And so we're going to talk briefly this morning. We got a brief message because I know everybody's your mind is. Some of you, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but some of you are already thinking about dinner right now. I can see it on your faces. You're like, hmm, wonder if there's any bacon over there in that pile. Well, there might be. But what we're going to do for a few minutes here is I want to talk to you about Jesus for a minute this morning because listen. Everybody knows that Christmas is all about Jesus, right? And, you know, we, we do a lot of other things. We, got, we throw lights up and we give gifts and, and shopping and all this stuff. It's great, but we cannot forget that this is the time of year that Jesus Christ came to the world as a human being so he could die and save our behinds. Anybody else in here you needed saved? <laughs> Man, we all did. And so we're going to talk for a few minutes this morning about unwrapping Jesus. And if you need an outline for this sermon, you can raise your hands. A lot of you probably got one. But if you didn't get one, the ushers are going to hand you one. And the title today is Unwrapping Jesus. Because, well, I put it this way. Have you ever, maybe you've received a gift and, you know, as time went on, you, you kept discovering more and more features about it. You know, maybe you had a, a new phone or, or a, a new electronic or something. And like a few weeks later, you're like, man, I didn't know this could do this. This is great. And then a little while later, you're like, man, this can do this too. And you just keep discovering more and more capabilities of the gift you were given. Isn't that great? Well, it's the same way with Jesus. A lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I know Jesus, he, he got me out of hell. You know, at least I don't have to go burn. And that's, that's great. That is one of the best things. But do you realize that Jesus did so much more than just get you a ticket out of hell? He provided for you a better way of life here on earth before you get to heaven. Okay, heaven's going to be great. Nothing that we can even imagine will even be slightly comparable to heaven. I mean, the best day of your life just pales in comparison to what heaven's going to be. But the truth of the matter is you don't have to live in hell on earth until you get to heaven. You can have a good life here right now because of Jesus Christ, this baby that was born a couple thousand years ago. This wasn't just any old baby. This wasn't just any other person. This was the son of God that became a human being so you can have a good life. So you can have so you can have a good marriage. So you can have children that love you and respect you and still want to be a part of your life after they turn 18 years old. Amen. Amen. Jesus came to make a way and do so much for us. And I'm afraid that so many of us, we're only just taking advantage of one part of the gift when there's so much more that you could be receiving and drawing upon Jesus from. So I'm going to open us up in prayer today, and then we're going to look at a few things uh, that I believe are going to change our lives today. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much just for this time of year that you chose to be born into this earth, Jesus, so you could die for our sins and save us and provide a better life for us, Lord. I pray today that as we spend a few minutes looking at the Bible here, that you'll open our hearts and our minds to your word. And God, you know what every single person in this building is facing today. You know what we're going to look at when we leave these doors. So I pray in the name of Jesus, you'll speak to every single person, Lord. 
and change our lives today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. So if you're very familiar with the Bible, you've maybe heard this phrase where we call the Lord the great I am. Anyone, anyone ever heard that? You know, that can be kind of an interesting thing. Now, in, in the Old Testament, OK, Moses was going to go rescue the children of Israel. Right. You know, they've been they've been slaves for 400 years. And so God tells Moses, you go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And Moses says, well, who am I going to tell him sent me? You know, there's no kingdom. There's no king sitting. Who do I say sent me when I get to Pharaoh? And God said, just tell him that I am sent you. Tell him I am sent you. And he's like, what? And, and you know, and, and, and we hear this phrase, I, I am what? Uh, what are you? I am what? What is the rest of that sentence? And the, and the thing about this is, is that I am is the complete sentence. Because Jesus am everything you need him to be. Amen. And so some people are sitting here today saying, my God, oh, you know, you're facing depression. You know, you're, you're facing some depression right now. You're like, man, I need peace. And Jesus is in this building saying, this is your day, man. I am peace. You're saying, I've never been so sad in my life. Oh, this is your day. I am joy, man. I don't, I'm so sick right now. Jesus is saying, I am a healer. You're saying, I don't know what's going to happen with my future. And Jesus says, I am your future. I'm going to take care of it if you'll just let me. All right. And so we're looking at unwrapping Jesus today. He says, I am. Now, this was the Old Testament. And then Jesus arrives on the scene in the New Testament. Are you following me? Jesus arrives on the scene in the New Testament. And he keeps telling people everywhere he goes, I am the way, the truth and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. And these Jewish people, this would have clicked with them. Oh, my God. I am. This is he's saying I am. This is the Messiah. And so I'm telling you today, whatever it is you need right now, Jesus is saying Merry Christmas. I am that. I got this. I can do this. All right. So we're going to look today. At, at four gifts that Jesus wants to give you this year. Four gifts. So maybe you're saying, well, no one's getting me anything. Well, Jesus has got you covered. He's got, I got four gifts we're going to show you here right now. And of course, we could list thousands of others. But, but for time's sake, we'll break it down into this. Four things that Jesus is giving you for Christmas this year, if you will let him, because you have to receive gifts. You, you, you're going to receive it when someone gives it to you. Number one is this, is joy. Jesus wants to bring you some joy this year. And if you have ever lived your life depressed or sad or without joy, then you can truly appreciate what it means to actually have joy. So I want to show you a verse this morning in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 10. Luke chapter 2 and verse 10. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, and you probably heard the, you know, I think we saw one of the little angels saying this earlier, if you were watching the play, one of the angels. But Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, and then the angels appear to the shepherds out in the field, and, and here's what it says, and the angels said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now I'm telling you this. Whenever Jesus shows up and you let him in, okay, you know, the book of Revelation, said, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone will let me in, I'll come in and I'll, I'll dine with you. I'll live with you if you'll let me. 
But he's not going to barge his way into your life if you don't want him to. He's not going to force his way into your life. You've got to accept him. But whenever Jesus does show up, whenever he is invited, he brings joy into our lives. And I hear people say all the time, I just want to be happy, man. Man, I just want to be happy. And yeah, that's, that's great. But, but listen, you, you've got to realize this, that happiness, it's okay. But happiness and joy are not the same thing. A lot of people think that, well, joy, that, that means happiness. No, happiness and joy are two totally different things. And so many people waste their lives chasing happiness, searching for happiness, just trying to survive another day and somehow be happy by the end of it. But joy and happiness are not the same thing. And I'll explain the difference, but, but think about it. Aren't you glad, you know, if they were the same thing, the shepherds could have appeared that night and said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great happiness, which will be to all men. Or we could sing the song, Happiness to the world, the Lord. You know, that doesn't sound right, does it? It's not, they're, not, they're not the same thing. Joy is a spiritual thing. Happiness is an emotion. And who knows that emotions can change by the minute. They can change by the second. You could be having the best day of your life, man, and you're pulling into the store and someone cuts you off and takes your spot. And all of a sudden, happiness is gone. You are now in the emotion that we call rage. And if you don't control yourself, rage can lead to a place called jail. And, you know, it's just it's a it's a downward snowball here. You know, people you don't even know can take your happiness because it's an emotion. And then especially people that you know really well, people that you're related to, can steal your happiness, can't they? Anybody, man, you got some family that they, they know how to push your buttons. I don't know who it is, but somebody in my house keeps taking the marshmallows out of the Lucky Charms box and leaving just, I think I know who it is. I think it's my daughter, but I don't know. But man, you go in there in the morning, you're like, man, I'm going to get my coffee, going to have some Lucky Charms. You dump it out, there's no marshmallows. You don't even, there's no point in eating those. You throw it in the trash, man. There, there it goes. There goes happiness. But happiness is an emotion, and people you don't know can take happiness away, and people you really know really well and love very well can take your happiness away. And parents, I just want to remind you, Christmas break is coming up, so you need to get the joy of the Lord right now. Right now. Get it now. <laughs> Man, cause they, you know what I mean? My wife's been out of town for 10 days in Indiana, and I've had, I've had all three, you know, three out of the four kids. And it's been great. It's been awesome. <laughs> and by awesome, I mean, ah! <laughs> no, it's been good. But, you know, you just, you got to have the joy of the Lord to survive parenthood and just everyday life. And so people can steal your happiness, but people cannot steal your joy. No one can take your joy. Jesus said in John 16, 22, he said, I'm going to give you a joy and the joy that I'm giving you, nobody can rob you of. Think about that. Joy is a lasting state of being. You could be in the worst situation of your life and still somehow it's not throwing you down. You're, you're, somehow you're still okay. Somehow you're still smiling. Somehow you're getting through this with a smile on your face. Why? Is it because you're so happy? No, you don't feel happy at all. If you're going by your emotions, you'd feel sad. You'd feel awful. But you're not 
going by your emotions. You're going by the inside of you. You're going by the greater one who lives on the inside of you. You're going by Jesus. And because of that, you've got the joy of the Lord. And I'm telling you this, that if there's one thing Satan would love to do, he'd love to steal your joy at Christmas time. He wants to make you miserable. He wants to get you to stop focusing on Jesus at Christmas and start focusing on all the problems going on in your life. And if you're not, if you're not a joyful person, that's going to happen. But if you've got the joy of the Lord, the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joyful people are very strong people, and joyful people are very stable people. And if there's one thing that we need in 2016 and 17, we need some stable people. Some people that don't just fly off the handle when they don't get their way. No, I can't believe it. I, I quit. Get it. I'll quit this job. I'm out of here. You know, blowing up at everyone. Just instability all over the place. We live in such an unstable world. And what we need is some people that don't quit and blow up and walk out and turn their back on those they love every time something doesn't go their way. We need stability. And the joy of the Lord will make you stable. Jesus will make you stable if you'll stick with him and do things his way. So people can steal your happiness, but they cannot steal your joy. You've got to choose to give that away, but they can't just take it away because joy doesn't run away. It's not an emotion. The second thing that I'm talking about today is this. It's about four things Jesus wants to give. He wants to give you some joy. The next thing is peace. Jesus wants to provide peace to you. And who in here thinks that peace sounds like a pretty good gift? Amen. Money cannot buy peace. You know, we see people all the time trying to, you know, man, maybe if I just get more, if I make more money, if I, if I can just get this job and blah, blah, blah. And, and they're just, they're trying to buy peace. You can't buy it. Man, you can be a billionaire and have absolute anxiety and turmoil and destruction on the inside of you and you not have one second of peace. Or you could just be the average guy like most of us in here and you have the peace of God every day of your life. That is not saying things aren't perfect, but I'm not flipping out. I'm not quitting. I'm not blowing up. I've got the peace of God, man. And I know that no matter what does come my way, Jesus is going to take care of it anyway. So I'm okay. I'm going to be all right. But a lot of people, they are trying to buy peace and trying to get peace any way they can. So let's look at another very familiar Christmas Bible verse, and that's Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And man, who's grateful that Jesus decided to come to this earth, man? He decided to do this. God didn't force him to do it. He didn't say, you will get down there and save those people. You're going to do it. Whether I'll send you to your room, Jesus. No. Jesus chose to do this. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And man, you see this on Christmas cards and everything else. A beautiful verse. It says, For unto us a child is born. This is prophesying the birth of Jesus over 700 years before Jesus ever even came to earth. Isaiah saw it happening, and he prophesied it. I think it was Isaiah chapter 4. He prophesied that the Messiah would be born to a virgin, and it happened. This is such an accurate uh, prophet right here. But Isaiah 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, 
Prince of Peace. Now, there's a lot of things right there that it says Jesus is, man. He is a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. He's not going to walk out on you when you need Him. He's, he's going to be there. He's faithful. It's what He is. And the last thing it says right there is, it calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Wherever Jesus goes, He brings peace with Him to those that will accept Him. Okay, now I see a lot of people, well, why don't I have peace in my life? Well, have you really let Jesus in? Have you really accepted this gift of peace that he brings? Because, again, he's not going to force his gifts into your life if you don't want him. You're like, fine, that's, that's fine. I'm not going to make you have peace. I'm not going to make you have joy. It's there if you want it. But it says he's the prince of peace. And I can just imagine the night that Jesus Christ was born in that little town of Bethlehem, right there, man. You got, can you imagine the presence and the anointing of God as the Son of God came in to planet Earth? And they laid him in this little manger. I just imagine the peace of God, the angels, the presence that was in the atmosphere right there. I'll bet there was a, just an absolute peace and calm. You know, an incredible event when the Prince of Peace entered this atmosphere and came into this world. But it's not God's will for you to not have peace. I know a lot of times people, they're going through something they're like, man, I'll, I'll just, God, God gives his, his biggest burdens to his heaviest warrior, to his toughest warrior. Man, God didn't give that to you. God didn't split your family up. God didn't, you know, cause you to lose money. God didn't do that to you. Quit blaming him. He didn't do it. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, the thief, the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. People blame way too many things on God that he never did to them, but they blame him anyway. But Jesus, it is not his will. He does not want you to have a a depressed, sad, poor, sick negative, down, gloomy, doomy, Christmas year, anything like that. His will is for you to have peace and to have joy and provision and health all year long. He wants that. He wants your family blessed. No, we're talking about peace. The worst thing in the world is to have a household that doesn't have the peace of God. There's, there's nothing in this world worse than living in a home without the peace of God. But I can say this. There's nothing in this world better than living in a home that has the peace of God. Man, you look forward to going home. You want to be there. I I mean, this place is your sanctuary. It is your palace. It is, you know, everyone else out there may be against you, but you go home and they're for you. That's God's will. He wants you to be in love with your wife, be in love with your husband. He wants your kids to love you and respect you and want to be around you. That's the will of God. Anything less is not the will of God. God wants this for you. And Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. When he is invited into a home, and I'm not just talking on earth right there. That's heaven on earth. That's God's will. He wants that for every family here. He doesn't, he doesn't want you fighting. He doesn't want you arguing in, in front of the kids. He doesn't want any of that. He wants you to have heaven on earth. And, you know, there's this quote that I always share when I talk about peace. Because a lot of people think that peace, you know, they think that that means everything's calm, everything's good, there's no trouble, so we're at peace, you know? You know, if we're not at war with somebody, oh, we're at a time of peace right now because we're not fighting. And that's, that's not really peace. Just because you're not currently 
mad at somebody or fighting somebody doesn't mean peace. Just because there's, you know, no danger imminently surrounding you, it doesn't mean peace. So here's what I want to tell you is that peace consists not in the absence of danger, but in the presence of God. Peace doesn't consist in the absence of danger. It consists in the presence of God. You could be in the middle of a war zone in Iraq with bombs and bullets and everything, but on the inside, you're okay. You've got the peace of God. You're surrounded by danger, but on the inside, everything's okay. That's peace. Peace is an inward condition. All right? It's not having anything to do with your outside. But you could go home today, sit down on your couch after church, and on the inside, you know, there's no danger on the outside. No one's coming to get you. But on the inside, you're being ripped to shreds, man. Anxiety, turmoil, stress, depression, everything else. There's no danger around you. Why is that? Because you don't have the peace of God going on right now. It does not have to be this way. The Lord wants you. He wills for you to have peace at this time so peace has nothing to do with your outward surroundings it has to do with your inward condition peace doesn't have to do with your outward surroundings it has to do with your inward condition until you get things right on the inside things are never going to be peaceful in your life never i've lived my life without peace and i've lived it with peace And I can tell you this, I don't wish to ever go five seconds again without the peace and the presence of God. I don't want to go five seconds. I can't imagine going a whole day. God forbid going a whole week, month, or year without God in my life. I can't even fathom that, man. I couldn't handle it. And you're saying, well, you're weak. Yeah, I'm really weak. I need God, and I admit it. I have no problem at all admitting I need that baby that came into this earth and was born out in a barn In the middle of Bethlehem a couple thousand years ago. I need him, man. I need him every day of my life. And I'm not even, you couldn't pay me a billion zillion dollars to give up Jesus for five minutes, man. You could throw the richest person in the world here. I'll give you a billion dollars to get rid of Jesus for five minutes. I'd say, not going to happen. I'm not even going to think about it. I need Jesus more than anything in this world. I need him more than money. I need him more than, than things. I need him more than anything I need Jesus because only Jesus can give me peace. I can't buy it. Only Jesus can give me joy. People try to buy it all the time. They can't do it. Only Jesus can give these things. I need Jesus. And so the third thing we're going to say is this. There's four things that I'm talking about that Jesus wants to give you if you'll accept it this Christmas. First thing is joy. The second thing is peace. The third thing we'll say is healing. Jesus wants to give you healing this year. And so you're like, healing for what? Healing for whatever you need. If you're sick, he wants to heal that. If you're emotionally sick, he wants to heal that. Mentally, physically, whatever. Jesus wants to be your healer. And you're saying, well, I've got this. I've got this right here. What about that? He's saying, oh, good. I am the cure for that. I am the solution to that problem. I am am that and you until you know that jesus is the great i am you're going to be missing out on a whole lot of stuff that he wants to do in your life now we saw a minute ago in isaiah chapter 9 that one of the names that jesus was called was mighty god 
Now, if you're facing a bad situation, man, maybe your marriage needs healed. Maybe you need physically healed. Whatever it is, you need a mighty God to show up and fix your situation. Amen. And some of you know my story. When I was three years old, you know, I was diagnosed with leukemia. And I was in a children's hospital. I went crippled. I couldn't walk anymore. It was, it was a pretty, pretty miserable experience. I remember some of it. I remember spinal taps and all this stuff. I got, still got scars, you know, from this. But at that point in time, I didn't need people just feeling sorry for me. And, oh, man, that's going to stink to lose your kid. You know, oh, three and a half. So sad, so sad. I didn't need pity. I needed mighty God to show up, man. I, you know, I needed a miracle. And yeah, as I've told you the story so many times, it happened. One night, go to bed, Children's Hospital, Riley Children's Hospital, Indianapolis, Indiana. Go to bed. My blood is full of cancer, man. I'm, I'm completely dying. And then the very next morning, I'm sitting on a, a, a doctor's table, and I haven't walked in months. And just all of a sudden, something picks me up, and I take off running out of nowhere and dancing and singing. And, and I did this for hours and hours. So they get me. They start jabbing me and taking blood everywhere. And from that second, there was not one trace that I had ever had cancer in my life, ever, from that moment. And, you know, even now, you know, I go get blood work done and all this stuff. You know, there, there, no trace that I've ever had blood transfusions, leukemia, anything at all. But I needed a mighty God. I didn't need pity. I didn't need somebody, oh, God, I wish something would happen here. I needed a family that had peace. I needed parents that had joy. I needed, I, I came from, a, you know, I, I'm just, I'm very fortunate. I came from a home filled with love parents that loved each other, and we were taught the Bible. You know, it wasn't crammed down our throat. We, we were taught the Bible, and that's the best gift I've ever had because it has bailed my behind out of so many situations over all these years. I am so thankful for how I was raised. But because of they had invited Jesus into the home, when leukemia came, I mean, listen, I'm sure there's a few minutes of crying, but after that, they were ready to go. They're like, no, the great I am is on our side. And a miracle occurred, and it did happen. But I want to show you something uh, right here in Matthew chapter 8. So flip back to the New Testament. Matthew chapter 8. So Jesus is a healer. He wants to heal you today. I'm telling you, whatever it is that you're facing, physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, whatever it is, Jesus wants you to be whole. He wants you to be healed. So Matthew chapter 8. And we're going to look at verses 16 and 17. And you've got to get this, man. Everywhere Jesus went, everywhere Jesus went in the New Testament, he healed people. Everywhere. And all the time, you know, uh, uh, people are saying, well, I I just don't know if it's God's will to heal me. Well, every single person that came to Jesus for healing, every time in the Bible, he healed 100% of the time. The book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So did Jesus quit healing people just because it's 2016 and, you know, we don't need that? No. Jesus still heals people. But again, you've got to accept him. He is not going to force himself upon you. You've got to accept Jesus and who he is. Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17. It says, That evening many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. How many of the sick did he heal? 
every single one of them. And there, you could go through the New Testament, every single, uh, count every time that it says Jesus healed all the people there, every sick person there. Jesus, there's so many times where it says Jesus healed every sick person there. But look at this. I'm going to show you verse 17. It says, this fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. He took our sicknesses and he removed our diseases. Now, once again, Isaiah prophesied this hundreds of years before Jesus came, but he hit the nail right on the head. Once again, he got this right because when Jesus came, he was born as a baby. Okay, born laid in a manger, shepherds, wise men, you know, all these great things happened. It was a beautiful sight, but he didn't stay a baby. Jesus didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He became a man. And he became a man, and he started doing miracles. He started healing people. He started putting people back together. He started doing all this great stuff. And then, as we know, he had a destiny. He had a calling. His calling was to lay his life down, to spill blood, to die on a cross. And when he did this, he not only made a way for you to go to heaven, he made a way for you to have peace, joy, and, yes, healing. 1 Peter 2.24 says that with Jesus' stripes, that's not talking about just Jesus wearing stripes. It's talking about the wounds that Jesus received from getting beat with a whip. It says, with his wounds, you have been healed. Jesus provided healing. Jesus is the real deal, guys. He's, Jesus is the deluxe package, if there's any way I can say that. Jesus is the full deal. There's no, you know, you get a new phone, right? I mean, and you've had it for a month, and they're like, oh, wait, the 8's coming out. Oh, man, i just got to go get a new one. And, you know, it's already outdated. It needs updates. No, you get a, whatever your device is, it's never good enough. They update it. They find something that was wrong. It always needs improved. Jesus has been around since before the beginning of the world. He has never had an update. He's never needed improved. You don't got to plug him in and get, you know, he is as good as it gets. There's no updates. There's no upgrades. There's no something he's missing to make him better. Jesus is everything you need. He's the great I am. And for the life of me, I don't understand why some people don't receive this into their lives. I don't get it. You're sitting there going through a terrible time trying to figure it out with your own brain. Like, you've got the answers, man. You don't have the answers. If you have the answers, you would have fixed this a long time ago. You do not have the answers. You have got to get to a place where you say, all right, I give. I can't do this on my own. Jesus, save me. Save me. Do what you came to do. Save me, Jesus. Get me out of this situation. And until you can lay your pride down and admit that you're not strong enough, you are not smart enough, you do not have enough money or power or resources to get your way out of that mess until you can just lay it down and say, I need someone better than me to fix this. It's going to stay the same. This Christmas, why don't you let Jesus be your healer? Why don't you let him bring some peace into the house? Why don't you let him be the joy that you have been searching for for years? Why not? Why not give him a chance? This could be your year if you'll do things his way. And I got to tell you the truth, man, that I don't like to see anybody, anybody miserable. I don't like to see anybody depressed, anybody not living the life 
that God wants them to live. Yet so many people are not living the life that God wants them to live. God has better for you than you can even imagine. Imagine how much you love your kids, right? We all, I mean, we all love our kids. I, we, we do anything for them. We'd lay our lives down. God loves you so much more than you even love your kids, if you can believe that. He sent, his, he sent his only son to die for you. He didn't even know if you'd accept him or not. He sent Jesus to die knowing full well that there would be people to say he never even existed. He's not even real. He's a fairy tale. Yet, God still sent his son Jesus to die for those people that would mock his son, spit in his face, and refuse to even acknowledge his existence. Jesus died for them just as much as he did for all of you beautiful, wonderful people today, right? That's love. Because I'll tell you the truth. I love you so much. You know I do. I love you guys. I would not send any of my kids to die in your place. I'm just going to be honest right now. If you were facing like death row or something, I wouldn't say, all right, um, Isaac, you're going to go die for this guy because, you know, he needs somebody to die for him. I wouldn't do that. I'm sorry, man. That sounds like a terrible predicament. But um, I'm not sending my kids to die for you, and I'm not dying for you. You know, whatever the situation is. But especially if it was a guilty person. If there was someone that was guilty and deserved death, I would not send me or my children to die for them. But guess what? Jesus did that, and all of us were guilty. All of us, we were guilty. We deserved the judgment and punishment that would be coming our way. But Jesus came and did it anyway. That's love right there, isn't it? That's love. Let, let's give a hand for Jesus. That's the love of God. And so the fourth thing we'll say is this. The fourth thing, we're talking about gifts that Jesus wants you to have this year. The fourth one, this is so obvious, but the gift is salvation. Jesus wants you to have salvation. This is last but not least on our little Christmas list here. This is the most important. Jesus wants you to be saved. You know, no matter who you are, how good you've been, you don't stand any chance in the world of getting into heaven without Jesus. You can go up there and, you know, you die. You're going to stand before God. Everybody stands before God someday. Everybody, no matter who you are. You'll stand before God. And if if you're going to try to get in there without Jesus, why should I let you in? What in the world is going to be your answer to that? Or, uh, well, I, uh, boy, I, I don't know. I, uh, I was really good down there, man. I gave to the Barstow Police Toys for Tots Drive every year. I, uh, I donated to the Senior Center. I, I, I gave diapers to the church for the Pregnancy Center. I've been a good guy. You ought to let me in. It's not going to be good enough. The Bible says that all of our righteousness is like filthy rags. What does that mean? That means the best stuff that you can offer out there of your own accord. The best, the best you've got. It's like, man, that's filthy rags. That's nothing. The only way into heaven is to receive Jesus. And the best part is you don't have to pay for him. You don't have to save up and go out and buy something. You don't have to cut yourself or walk on hot coals to prove, you know. No, no, man. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I receive you. Thank you. And when he comes in, he will save your life, man. How many stories are in this church of people that searched for peace for years? They tried for years to get joy. They tried to bring healing into their life for years. And no matter what they did, it didn't work. Things just got worse the more they tried. 
But the second they let Jesus take over, Jesus accomplished in one second what they couldn't accomplish in 30, 40, 50 years of trying. Some people longer than that. Why would you not want this gift? Jesus wants to bring salvation to you. And I'm going to show you a, a final verse here, John 3.16. John 3.16. And man, this is the most, probably the most familiar verse in all of the Christian faith is John 3.16. So many people know this. But I guess this verse breaks down the whole Bible pretty much into one sentence or two here. John 3.16, it's beautiful. You want to talk about giving gifts, here's the ultimate gift right here. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That means he had no other sons. He couldn't have just picked some other one. Oh, let's send this son. I don't like him as much as Jesus. No, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus Gave his life so you could have life. So you don't have to be afraid of dying anymore. You don't have to be afraid of dying. You're going to heaven when this thing's all said and done. And so you have to know that heaven is real and Jesus wants you to go there. Heaven is real and Jesus wants you to go there. You know, there's a a, a wonderful book released just this year. I'm almost done, but follow me for a second. This book, it's called Imagine Heaven by a great pastor named John Burke. And he has completed the most exhaustive and comprehensive study of people that have died and been brought back and people that have had near-death experiences. Over 1,000 cases that he's studied for years and put together. It's an incredible book. I've got it and I've been reading it. But the similarities between these people's stories, people from all over the world that have never met, never talked to each other, never heard each other's stories, all their stories have the exact same things in common. You can't make this up. Things about heaven. And this book being released, it's been incredible. You've had atheists, you've had surgeons, brain surgeons, brilliant people. That, you know what? This, yeah, you, this, is, this, is, this is real. Heaven is a real place. Think about that. This isn't just something we make up to tell the kids, you know, give them some wah-wahs and fairies, you know, up in children's church so the big people can meet down here. Heaven is a real place. It really does exist. I was reading this story about this lady born blind. She had never seen anything for one day in her entire life. She dies in a car wreck a while back. And so while, while she's out, she has this experience of seeing Jesus and seeing heaven like many people have. Heaven's real. And so while she's out, Jesus shows her some scenes, you know, different events from her life, different things that she remembered happening, but she couldn't remember, you know, that many details because she couldn't see anything. And so she comes back. Okay, they, they resuscitate her. They bring her back after a while. And so she starts telling her family and friends, yeah, you know, her story. And I remember this family reunion. Aunt so-and-so was wearing this, this, and this. Her hair is this color, this, this, and this. And people are like, what? How do you know that? You don't... You couldn't possibly know that. Oh, yeah? Well, how about this story? And just given all these details, visuals, and, and all this stuff. And they're like, how do you know any of this? She's like, Jesus showed me. I saw it when, when he showed me heaven. And there are countless, literally thousands of stories just like this. You've got to know this today. If you don't believe anything I'm saying right now, heaven is real. 
People either go there or they go, they go somewhere else when they die. All right? It all depends on your decision for Jesus. And one of my favorite Christmas memories, as I'm standing right here, is this lady right here, Miss Pam. All right? Christmas Eve 2013, I believe it was, the candlelight service. Miss Pam had had a hard year and all this stuff. And Christmas Eve right here, she comes up. She's like, I've, I'm done. I want to give it to Jesus. I want to accept Jesus into my life. Christmas Eve night. A few years ago, she received Jesus right, right here, man. The best gift ever. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. And, and so whatever is going on in your life today is this, you know, I'm not, I can't force you to make any right decisions or wrong decisions. Whatever. It's up to you. Whatever. It's, it's your choice. But I am telling you this, that if you will let the great I am Come into your life, the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Wonderful Counselor. If you let Jesus come in, He will rock your world to the core, man. He will shake things up. Amen. And I stake my life on it. I promise you, things will change if you'll do it His way. But you gotta be, you gotta be man enough. You gotta be woman enough to say, you know what? I can't handle this on my own. Jesus, you take it. That's the best gift of all. And so as we wind things down today, I'd like everyone to go ahead and stand up with us together today. Let's go ahead and stand up. And John 3.16 is, I mean, that, that covers it all right there. God loved you so much. Whether you even love yourself, you may hate yourself, I don't know. But God does it. He loves you. And He loves you enough that He sent His Son into this world to be born a little baby to grow up and become a man and to die a brutal, painful death so you could have a chance to have a good life, so you couldn't have to be afraid of dying anymore. You could say, you know what? When my day comes, I'm not afraid. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to, man, I'm going to be with mom and dad again. I'm going to be with the family again because of Jesus. And so I want to lead us in a prayer today. Amen. Uh, let's, let's, let's bow our heads, close our eyes. We're going to say this prayer together. And as, you know, as we say this, I want you to repeat this with me. And you know in your heart, man, if things are not where they should be with Jesus, today's your day. I'm not going to ask you to come up here. I'm not going to call you. I'm not, I'm not doing that today. But I want you to be honest with yourself and with God. You can lie to me. You can lie to anybody. You can't lie to God. You, can't, you can even try to lie to yourself can't lie to God. Let's say this prayer. And this is your day to get things right if things are not right with God. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's pray. Say, dear God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, forgive me for anything wrong I've done. Give me another chance. I receive you. I'm going to live for you now. Give me a new start. In Jesus' name. I want you to keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed for just a minute today. God's here. The Lord, the Lord is here. I can promise you that. If you prayed that today, man, and you could say, yeah, I wasn't so sure where, I, where I've been with God. But you could say, I prayed that, and I'm coming back to God right now. I'm coming back to Jesus. I'm asking you to, to be bold. No one's looking. But I want you to raise your hand and acknowledge Jesus right now. He said, if you will acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father, which is in heaven.
today's your day. I, man, that's great. Hands all over this place. That's awesome. This is the best Christmas you could ever have. Amen. Amen. Jesus loves you. He came for you. He's here for you. You've got to receive him. Good job. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise today. Amen.